Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, with the traditional season of giving very much in full swing, we're taking a timely look at philanthropy and impact. In a special seasonal discussion with the head of social impact and philanthropy at UBS, we'll be asking, what exactly does making an impact mean? How can really engaged investors and philanthropists successfully support solutions and programmes? And is there a way for them to collaborate with others to amplify that impact? It's a delight to welcome back to the show Tom Hall, Head of Social Impact and Philanthropy at UBS and a regular voice on the show. Tom, a warm welcome, a Merry Christmas to you and yours. I wanted to start by asking you to tell us what the role is of philanthropy advisory in guiding uh, high net worth and ultra high net worth clients to to maximise impact? Because this is a narrative that we've discussed before on this programme and in other forums. Um, People are so keen, aren't they, to to make a difference, to make impact. Um, What role does philanthropy advisory play in helping them to achieve that? Well, ultimately, I think philanthropy advisory is the crux around which you're going to maximise your impact. And if you're not taking the time to get good advice, whether that's from a professional advisor like the people in my team or others who do it well, um, or peers even, you know, or people who've been involved in philanthropy for longer than than perhaps somebody who's just starting, you are likely to make mistakes. You are likely to potentially waste resources. You're, you know, uh, the, the examples I often give almost in every client meeting for 10 years is, you know, examples of where philanthropy has actually caused harm. Um, you know, famously, and I saw this firsthand when I was working in Malawi back in 2006-7 in microfinance. You saw mosquito nets being air-dried along the shores of Lake Malawi because the local fishermen had thought they were great-looking fishing nets. And actually, they turned out that they had been impregnated with DEET, which is highly toxic to both the lake, the fish, and the people who ate the fish. And that's not the only example I can give you of, you know, something that should save lives being used ultimately to, to cause to cause you know significant harm. And and no one wants to be on the wrong side of that, right? No one wants to try and help people or 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 have an impact on the planet and actually have the opposite effect. And and ultimately the only way you're going to avoid that is by getting really good advice on how to be as strategic as you can with your philanthropic capital. Well, yeah, and let's talk about that strategy then. Um, how would you say that strategic philanthropy, I guess we could call it that, how does that differ from maybe uh, what people's traditional uh, conceptions of what charitable giving is? And why is it so essential? I mean, you've alluded to it already in your opening remarks, Tom, for uh, those individuals and families to consider that more strategic approach in order to be successful. Well, I think there's there's a number of dimensions to this. And, and, and I guess at one level if you can control for the negative externality right so so let's say at, even at outset trying to control for a negative externality means you need to have a have a way of measuring the impact of what you're doing right so already just to avoid that negative outcome so so if you say like traditional charitable giving for example might just be i make a donation and therefore i assume that 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 input is good so that, so i don't know i allocate money to um build a school in Africa. That must be good, right? Because I've built a school. Well, I don't, you know, the 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 real question is, well, I don't know what's happening in the school. And and you know, as the Minister for Education in in the uh, West African country told me earlier this year on one of our collective trips, they've had lots of schools built over 20 years and the kids still aren't learning, right? Because 
they just look pretty like what what actually causes the good from a school isn't the school building per se there's there's a need for building potentially but actually what you really need is you know a curriculum that works you need to make sure that you're measuring the actual outcome of ch- children learning um uh, to to know for sure that they are actually getting the skills that they need to be able to thrive in adult life and become the kind of productive social and economic citizens that you, you want to create through an education system so i think i think what's important you know with a strategic approach to philanthropy is first and foremost do i know that a causes b or, or how confident am i that a causes b if i make this donation and by the way, you know, the more strategic you get with your philanthropy is realizing that it's not just about donations. There's other ways to allocate philanthropic capital that can also drive outcomes, whether that's, you know, a, 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 a soft loan, a concessional loan, or a or a more patient form of equity. You know, there's lots of different ways that philanthropists can can input capital, but ultimately, a, a, you know, a really strategic approach to philanthropy is measuring what is the outcome that's being being achieved, and and can I prove that a that that a causes b. And then in particular, does A cause B cost effectively? Because, you know, again, you can help an individual, you can have a really, really great outcome for an individual by spending a million dollars per person, right? I'm sure we'd all welcome being given a million dollars. It would have an impact on, on, on our lives, right? But that, but that's obviously a really inefficient way to help an individual. So, so it's not just about doing causing that outcome as, as as efficiently as possible it's also trying to put that into a into into a macroeconomic context and that's why i think you know another lens we tend to use when we start to talk about strategic philanthropy is what problems are you trying to solve right are you actually really trying to to solve an issue or um and and is what you're doing gonna gonna help solve that problem or are you really just treating symptoms uh, there's a there's a there's an analogy we often use in some of our philanthropy advisory workshops of you know if you saw a baby floating down uh, in a wicker basket along a river um you know you, you you would you would absolutely jump in and, and and save that baby if you saw 10 more float past you'd probably jump in and, and save all of those as well if you start seeing 100 babies floating down the river you're like what the heck is going on up that river that i need to go and find out who's putting all these babies in the river and maybe there's some kind of massive fire or something in a in a, in a hospital or who, who knows right but but but, but yeah, it's a silly analogy but but it kind of makes an important point which is you can pull babies from the river you can treat symptoms forever but actually if you don't go and find out what the problem is at source and, and solve it then that that's potentially really inefficient and actually if you could solve that problem and stop babies going in the river in the first place that is going to be a much more strategic approach yeah, most definitely. And let me ask you a bit more about some of the sort of mechanics and processes then, Tom, because I find this really interesting. Um, how, how then does uh, philanthropy advisory work to assist clients in doing what you've described, which is aligning, obviously, those philanthropic goals with, I guess, clients' personal values, but also critically, as you say, within the context of that broader macro context that you've described and also according to the the wider societal needs what actually happens what's the sort of process by which uh, advisory assists clients in delivering according to the 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 um, values that you've described so we've got several different tools and we we run workshops for families i mean it it, it is also quite personal and funnily enough I'm, I'm, i mean not that i'm a massive philanthropist but i'm going to do my own philanthropy advisory workshop with my kids because i want them to get involved in thinking about how you know we allocate what we what we want to give to try and address the issues that we care about as a family so i think some of this is about values alignment um 
so you know we we came up with a with a model a few years ago called um uh, it was like six six different s's so strategy structure situation solution scalability and, and sustainability um and the idea was if you work through those sequences whenever you're allocating capital then that will help you think through some of the paradigms you need to try and think through so you know, starting off with the, it's kind of a big word, but strategy really is 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 a whole load of different things. But it's kind of well, what do you care about? <laughs> what what issues you know really get you? You know, what what kinds of things do you um, want to want to address? What problems do you want to solve? Right? And people may not know, and they may not know what they don't know either. So sometimes that's an iterative process because you know, some of the families I've worked with, they started out thinking, well, I'm going to really focus on education, um, and they actually then learn about human trafficking and that then became the new thing if that makes sense so, so, so sometimes i think it's hard for people to know you know with complete certainty exactly what issues they want to work on either as individuals or as a family but but usually people have a sense and there'll be there'll be stuff that's happened to them in their family for example i know maybe a loved one's died of cancer so that will come up um and again then you you start to work through okay well what can i do to start to address some of those some of those issues um and that's where obviously structure starts to 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 be important because if you've got ten thousand pounds to give away, you know you probably don't need your own charitable trust or, or foundation or even donor advice fund. You probably just you know you have those resources. You want to allocate them carefully. If you've got ten million or a hundred million, then so obviously some of those things start to become a bit a bit different. So I think actually. At the outset, one of the key components of philanthropy advisory is really just helping people start to think about what I often call budgets and buckets, like how much do I have to allocate in my lifetime? <laughs> um, and, and broadly, what areas do I want to try and focus on? Because if people can make those decisions, then you can then start the process of allocating that capital really effectively for impact. And then each time and each issue you want to address, that's where you start to look at, okay, well, what is the actual situation the actual problem i'm trying to solve do i fully understand that problem yeah it's fascinating to hear about that process i wanted to ask you tom a little bit about the ubs philanthropy compass i think this is a pretty recent development um lots of uh, guided learnings there are sort of exercises there which i guess speak to some of these uh, processes you, you already talked talks about um can you tell us why that's a, another useful tool and how you see that helping clients navigating all of the complexities you've already uh, dis described how is that going to facilitate um more informed decision making uh, strategic giving that's really going to deliver yeah so i think so the, the compass is essentially a distillation of the last 20 years worth of philanthropy advisory workshops we've done at ubs i mean so that's um a lot of man hours of a lot of people over 150 people in my team now many people historically who've been doing advisory sessions working working through this with clients and like what what's the best kind of sequencing of this stuff so i started talking about the successes and you know what's the problem you're trying to address the situation you're trying to solve for do you really understand that like how do you actually get the evidence to to understand an issue um you know putting together landscape analyses like really finding out you know what's at the heart of an issue before then trying to work out what kinds of solutions that you can you can invest in and then how do you make them sustainable and scalable and and what the compass does is is it goes through that high level thinking in terms of okay why do we need to be strategic um why do we need to think in 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 you know this more kind of macro way 
and then specifically how how can that apply to you and your family and it's got a series of sections in it in terms of kind of like setting out your vision so i said earlier it's quite difficult for people to know what they want to decide is their focus right so doing that sequentially um now we have had families who use the compass on their own great if if you can do that you can work through it in your own pace more often than not we 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 use that tool alongside advisory sessions where we where we do you know maybe a two-hour workshop um with a family to help them kind of come to the next stage of their journey and then you know layer on and layer on and layer on um and, and then ultimately what you're looking to arrive at is you know some kind of overarching plan where you have a sense of you know the resources you've got available to allocate the kind of areas you want to try and address that an understanding of some of the situations and then you know an ability to decide how you're going to act as a philanthropist like are you going to get deeply engaged and try and get your hands dirty are you going to be you know step back a bit more and and be more of a you know a capital allocator or or somewhere in between and and, and more often than not you have multiple different areas where people want to get engaged in and they'll take slightly different strategies for those different areas Tom, I was really struck by uh, what you said earlier about your kids and sort of doing a session with them so that they uh, begin to understand the importance of thinking strategically and, of course, about thinking of others and, and driving change in the world in a positive way. Maybe as a final thought, just, just stress this point about education and building awareness, I suppose, is the word. Um, crucially important in philanthropy advisory. And I guess part of the need here is to deliver some compelling storytelling and narratives to get people excited about achievable outcomes, right? Part of the challenge in this space is to reassure people that the challenges that philanthropic giving addresses, they're not insurmountable. They're not so uh, vast that they become scarily off-putting and that we can tell some great stories and get people excited and get them engaged. I guess that education piece is, is critically important to this story. I, I think I think that's absolutely key. And and, and, and ultimately, you know, good, a good philanthropy advisory process will, will give lots of examples of, you know, what other philanthropists have done, other approaches that have been taken. You know, and, and you know, what people don't people don't know what they don't know right so i think if you can inspire people to think about you know what can be achieved i mean and again you know we talk about wanting to solve problems that the reality is and we've talked about this before on on previous podcasts is that you know all of philanthropy added together we think is about two trillion dollars it could get to 10 trillion dollars we think by by the mid 2030s and that's something that forbes came out with at the end of last year but to solve the big social and environmental problems, which you can, you can use the sustainable development goals as a proxy, we need 30 trillion. So, so at one level, you, you kind of defeated before you start, you know, you can't give people free education and healthcare, you can't give all that money away and solve issues like climate change, right? So, so why are we even, why are we re- even bothering to try is, is, is a very <laughs> negative view of it. Happily, I'm an optimist. And so, so most people in my team, and the reason we're optimists is because we've seen where philanthropic capital is allocated really smartly, you can have not a one-to-one return on your impact, but a hundred X return. So, you know, just to give you that one tangible example, um, you know, back in 2015, I think we we were working with an organization called Last Mile Health. It was one of the first community health worker organizations where they were training women in local communities to be the frontline healthcare worker. Often these were people with a reading age of a 10 or an 11 year old, you know, not someone probably most of us would want to go to for our, um, you know, GP consultation. But but that 
$200,000 experiment with, with some good evidence measurement. So going back to what I was saying earlier about the critical need to measure does A cause B showed that you could, you know, prevent things like diarrhea and you could inoculate kids and you could literally reduce child mortality by investing in these very low cost community health workers. You know, and you fast forwarded, you know, four years that was scaled across the whole of, 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 of Liberia. And fast forward to today, the community health worker paradigm is the global par paradigm for how we get a billion people who don't have access to healthcare, access to healthcare. And macroeconomically, and I think, again, on a, on a podcast earlier this year, we were talking with, with one of our partners, Partners for Health, and they were saying, you know, economically, we get a one to 10 ROI on providing health, right? So, so we boost our global economy by working on these things. That all started with some strategic philanthropy. So, so I think for us, it's just about communicating the power of strategic philanthropy. And then I suppose encouraging people to invest the time in becoming expert in becoming the best philanthropist they can be um because i see philanthropy as this precious resource you know people don't have to give their money away of course they don't right but many many people 90 percent of the families we work with do do some form of philanthropy so then if you're going to do it do it as well as you can make every dollar count you know try and use it to partner with others work collectively to really solve issues you know don't give if you can lend right you know use those dollars as really as efficiently as you possibly can and and again, understanding all of that and being able to map it and then deciding exactly where you're going to play your role, that takes time. You can't arrive at that in a, in a, in a couple of hours, right? And if you try, then you know, you're, you're not going to have the impact you can. And I suppose that at the heart of philanthropy advisory is, is trying to inspire people to be to be the very best philanthropist they can be to really maximise their impact in a way that, that, that is very meaningful to them. And that's Tom Hall wrapping up this edition of the programme. Listen again and explore the archive at monocle.com or follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can discover more and find out how UBS can help you to realise your own philanthropic vision by heading to ubs.com forward slash philanthropy compass. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening. Listening.